PR, it's not just a catchphrase. It's a passion, and it's a career. But sometimes, it can be a headache. So sit back and recover with this PR Hangover, a podcast of Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Brady Mills, and this is probably the only hangover you'll ever look forward to. The podcast boom has been happening for a few years now, and as more and more podcasts enter the scene, the question we need to ask is how is this important to public relations? Where does this fit for professionals in the strategic communications realm? Joining me today is Robert Johnson, who is a strategic communications officer for Reister Public Affairs in Washington, D.C., as well as the host for the PR Nation podcast. You'll hear shortly, but Robert's voice alone tells you he knows what he's doing and his words of wisdom for students and how they could approach podcasting and get going and learning about this for their careers are so helpful. So sit back with us, enjoy this episode with Robert Johnson. Robert, thank you for joining us. Really, really excited to have you here. Um, finally getting to talk to someone else who does the podcast game a little bit, and I'm sure does it a lot better than I do. So um, everyone, this is Robert, as you heard in the intro. Um, Robert, welcome. Hey, Brady, it's good to be here. So, Robert, if the listeners could get to know you a little bit, I just want to ask you before we dive into it, I mean, we'll talk about your podcasting experience and what that means for your career, but first of all, if you had to be a podcast host on any niche topic outside of the things you normally do, um, like a, a habit or or a hobby, I mean, or something like that, is there is there a topic that you would just love to be a host of a podcast for? Probably pop music or rock music because I was a DJ on the radio before I did anything else. And I'd like to do that again. Unfortunately, it doesn't pay the bills. So maybe a podcast would do it. So you've got, you've got extensive background in that. In radio, yeah. I was on the radio in high school when I was 14 years old. That must be where this voice comes from. Already, mm-hmm. I, I, we were talking before <laughs> the call, and I was reminded that you have a very smooth voice for this. Um, has that been something that you've had to specifically work on throughout the years or is that no, just come naturally? Uh, uh, well, you know, it, it, it sounds different now than it did when I was 14 because I hadn't gone through puberty yet, but I was able to do it. And people who listened at that time, this is going back to the dark ages, they thought I was an adult. And so that was kind of fun. Uh, it didn't really get me any more dates in high school. didn't get me any dates in high school, actually, but everyone's parents loved me in the town that I worked in and lived in and went to school in. Yeah, so I was very popular with the adults, but when you're 14, that just doesn't give you the kind of comfort that you need when you're right. a kid. Right, yeah. right, right, so. right. So <laughs> as that, that radio experience, how did that transition into podcasting as podcasts came on the scene? Well, I think it allowed me to get back into radio without having to panhandle, frankly, uh, because uh, we sell it. We sell the technology. We sell the skill. We do this for clients. And so it allowed me to have fun with radio while keeping my day job. Mm-hmm. And when you started podcasting first, uh, was that like, t- talk about that a little bit. Was that because of you, you had seen other people doing it or were you a pioneer in it? Um, what brought you to podcasting specifically as a form? Well, I'm a PR guy, and I've been in PR and media for a long time, 42 years now. At some point in about 2016, it occurred to me that more and more people wanted to tell their own stories, and so one good way to do that 
would be to take this format called podcasting and start doing storytelling, interviews, conversations on digital audio. You know, people were already self-curating all of their content. People were already on board with the idea of on-demand content, thanks to Netflix primarily and then Spotify. So it just made sense to start to move it into the public relations, public affairs field. And in 2016, 2017, here in Washington, D.C., we were the only people advising clients to add this tactic to their toolbox. Now everybody does it, but we were first in D.C., and we've been doing it ever since. And were clients were clients pretty ready to hop on that, that train? And No. No, you had to warm them up. Okay, (laughs) no, they they were skeptical. They had never heard of a podcast, even though podcasts have been around since two thousand four, roughly two thousand three. They didn't know what they were. They couldn't figure out how to measure them or uh, decide their return on investment. So there was a lot of confusion, and and in those early days, it really took. A leap of faith on the part of the client, a lot of selling on our part to get them to do it. Once they heard it, though, once they started to share that content out with their audiences, whether it was internal or external audiences, they loved it. They loved hearing other people talk about them in a way that was smooth and high quality and interesting. And they also uh, loved hearing their own voices which is always a selling point. <laughs> always, always. Yeah, I was just checking out your website for a reaster and I was noticing the the, re- the sample reel you have up for the podcasting. And I haven't come across that before, and I, I love that. That was, that was such a great way to communicate to me that you guys know what you're doing, that you've done it, and that it could definitely help me as a client um, as I'm looking at that. That was, that was very nice. So if we can go off that, for public relations professionals, I think a lot of people see podcasting as you know something I might listen to when I'm interested, or you have the people that love podcasting. But for PR people specifically, what help help communicate here? What why should they care about podcasting? Why should that be something they're knowledgeable about? Um, and, and why is it something that they should think about developing some skills in? I think it's because you want to be familiar with a tactic that that is growing in popularity more and more clients are interested in doing their own storytelling. So you need to know how to do that. And podcasting is cheaper than video. It's more mobile. You can multitask while consuming it. You can listen to it in the car. You should not be watching videos while driving. But you can listen to a podcast. Takes less bandwidth, requires less Data, if you have a limited data plan so you can reach more people, those who don't have unlimited data are able to access this kind of technology because video chews up their their space much faster. So there are just a million reasons why people are being uh, drawn to it. And so if you're in PR, if you're a student learning PR, you're going to be out in this big wide world of PR very soon, it makes sense. And I think if you're still not convinced at that point that it's something you should learn, then think about your own media consumption habits. Young people especially are really into on-demand digital content. They're watching a lot of videos on YouTube, but more and more of them are listening to podcasts that they can curate. You know, they can pick the topics, right? 
It's so niche. You can find anything on anything and listen to that only. So it, it makes sense to learn how to do it. You don't have to be the host. You don't have to do the interviews or be on live or on tape or whatever it is. But you should understand how it works and know how to put one together, how to find a host, how to write the script. It's really radio on demand in the 21st century, right? That's what it is. Hmm. So essentially, if we're following the practices of good public relations and good communications and we're following what our audience would listen to and want, this is exactly where we should be. Um, and, and being aware of, of the trends in that area, too. It's not the only tactic, but it's definitely an emerging one that is growing in popularity. It's not going away. A lot of people said a few years ago, oh, this, you know, this is a flash in the pan. It's a passing fancy. That's not true. It is growing, growing, growing. And so I, I think it would be exciting to be a young person in this business to have this kind of do-it-yourself technology at, at your disposal uh, when you're advising clients, whether they're internal or external clients, how to do PR. This is an amazing new opportunity for folks, and I think the more people who learn how to do it, the better off they'll be. For sure. So you you host PR Nation, which is a specifically a podcast for PR in the industry. Do you host any other podcasts right now? Oh, we do a lot of podcasts here. Most of them, oh, that's the only one about PR. Most of them are on other topics having to do with our clients. So I do a daily newscast podcast for the public health leadership in the country, the people who've been in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's every day. Every morning at 5 o'clock, we post a show called Public Health Review Morning Edition, and that is like news. It has interviews. It has stories. It's about five to seven minutes long. We do it every day. Also host a long version of that show, which is more focused on two or three interviews and one topic. We produce another half dozen or so shows for other people. And some of them, the client's voice, and some of them, other people here in our firm do the hosting for those. So I, I'm on three, and it's a lot of work. I love it, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe this is dependent on on the type of podcasting and, and things of that nature, but where do you find the, the, the demographics of, of the listeners for podcasting? Is this something Gen Z is starting to fully get on board with, or is this older audiences? Um, is it reaching all the way up to older ages or, cause I, it was in my mind, podcasting was a millennial thing for a while. And I'm just wondering how that has spread out or not. Everybody listens to podcasts. Uh, the audiences are almost equal now. And it goes all the way down to young people. Kids in their 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old range are listening to shows. And more and more creators are aiming at them with things like Marvel or Star Wars, you know, all of the pop culture stuff that's going on. Those uh, shows are now available. And they're both fiction and nonfiction. So you can be of any age and find something that's interesting to you. If you're into old cars as a grandfather or grandparent type, you can hear dudes your own age talking about restoring vehicles. If you're into superheroes, you can find something there. If you're into music, there's a ton of shows there. I mean, all of the big creators have gotten into it now too, right? So Spotify is into it now big time. They're having some problems with Joe Rogan, but He's 
he's one podcast. There are lots of other ones that they're involved in. Uh, Disney does it. ESPN's doing it. The list goes on and on and on. Everybody's in into it. So you can get an indie feel from somebody who's just doing it in their closet at home, or you can go to the real high-end polished uh, material that uh, is being done by media companies that are, you know, obviously able to access all sorts of talent. So it's just it's just a fun medium that allows everybody to get in on the action. Yeah, it's it's really quite prolific the way it has uh, disseminated and it just continues to spread. Yeah. Okay, so if we're if we're thinking about then from a from a PR perspective, recommending to clients, how do you know then that it's a like what what helps you decide for a client that a podcast is right for them and that it's something you would recommend? It depends on how they want to go about telling their story. Some clients think that the best way to do that is to try their hardest to engage the earned media, but the media is less and less interested in talking about a wide variety of items on a daily basis. They're really more one-track mind types nowadays. So the ability to sell stories has greatly diminished since the days when I started doing it in the early 80s, talking to reporters, delivering my news releases by hand. That was a long time ago. Uh, But there was a lot of variety. They were open to stories. They weren't just focused on one thing. Now they kind of get a topic or two and they overdo it. So the client that should do this is one that has interesting news, maybe is fed up with pitching it to the media and getting nowhere, perhaps has a voice or two in the company or organization that might be able to help carry this along, or uh, just uh, enough commitment to doing the product where they can bring somebody in the way our clients do to produce it for them. It's, it's just about telling your story. How do you want to do it? Do you want to leave the entire process largely up to the media, or do you want to take control of it and do it yourself? The DIY thing is really where more and more people are going. They don't have time to wait for the media to to answer their email or their text or their tweet. Uh, They're just more interested in getting their news out to their audiences. And today you can build audiences through social media, through email programs and other means. You, if you do it well, you don't even need the media to do your communications these days. I mean, they're part of the mix, but they're not the only thing. So, yeah, I guess that would be my next question. Then, as in talking about audiences, if 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 a single client wants to reach their audience, because podcasting is such a boom, and there, there's so many different things on there, how do you go about finding the audience then to listen to your podcast? The only way it works is if you launch a show with a built-in audience ready to go. We always check with people who say, I want to do that. First question, do you have an audience? What, What is that? Well, it's an email list or a huge following on social media or a member list or some other kind of quantifiable database of people that are members of your your group, employees of your thing, whatever it is. That's where you start. 
So you need a fixed audience. If you're just launching a podcast and going out to the world and you're not Billie Eilish, then that's going to be really hard, unless you have millions and millions of dollars. Even then, sometimes it could be difficult. So we, we don't try to conquer the world with our podcasts. We try to help the client understand that it is a way to communicate to a very specific group of people. It helps to get started if you know who some of those people are. I see. Okay. If, and if a listener to this podcast episode would like to start their own podcast, uh, I, two, two prong question here. What, what traits, skills do they need on the personal side of things to develop, to be able to do that? And, and then, and then following that, what, what equipment, what are the, what are the physical things that they need to do that? You need to be able to talk, <laughs> not be afraid to say something to a microphone, maybe have something to say, you know, it, it, the audience will decide whether what you have to say is interesting or not. So just do it and see what happens. There are a lot of people who do podcasts who are really surprised at how much lift they got from their early episodes when they really thought nobody would care about their opinions. Personality is good. There are introverts who do this, but generally the medium attracts extroverts. I've, I've been told I'm an introvert, but when the mic goes on, that changes. So you can sort of have one foot on each side of the line, I suppose. It just helps to, you know, have a, a penchant, I guess, for communicating. That's number one. And then if you're going to do it, you need a little bit of equipment. You can spend as little or as much as you want. You don't need to spend a lot of money to get into it. You can do it right on your computer, you know, GarageBand. A lot of people record, edit, and produce their entire shows using GarageBand on their Mac. There are lots of other free programs you can use as well. There are free hosting programs. You can use the mic that's built into the computer. There's lots of cheap gear on Amazon. If you're serious about it, eventually you'll move on from those tools because they're not that great. But I think for anyone thinking of starting, it makes sense not to put too much money into it because it really is a lot of work. And I don't know how you produce this podcast, Brady, but I suspect you'd agree with me. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And that's why we keep things more more low-tech here <laughs> um, because it is just a, an extracurricular podcast. But Yes, and and that's what I found doing it too. Because I worked an internship last summer where they wanted to start a podcast, and you know, starting a podcast, you can, there, it's just such a range. You can start on any any part of that range. So it's like, okay, well, first decide how serious are we, then let's figure out if the audience wants to listen, and then let's like get a budget going. Because yeah, I mean, even even doing research on a microphone, so many options. Um, but that's also what's what's great about it is that people can can start it with virtually nothing and yeah. um, they find their niche audience and then it's it's crazy yeah what has been the most exciting piece of podcasting for you i would say meeting people i have so many relationships now with people that you see online that you read in textbooks in school and all of those relationships are real and they started because i had those people on a podcast 
I'm teaching at American University now a capstone communications class with graduating seniors. And when I was putting the plan together before the semester started in January, I went to my PR library. I have a library of PR books, some of which are nearly 100 years old. And I was pulling different books out that I wanted to refer to, maybe pull some reading for them, you know, little excerpts from these textbooks. And I had a stack that was nine or ten books high. I knew every one of those people who had written those books. And I had met them and gotten relationships going with them through the PR Nation podcast. And before that, the Flack Pack podcast, which was the name of it in a previous iteration. So I would say meeting people. People have gotten jobs through our podcast with connections we've helped them make. I have friends now that I didn't have in the business that didn't write textbooks but are in the business. That's the best part of it. Hmm. And so when you go to make those relationships with those people and get them on the podcast in the first place, how do you how do you go about approaching the, the these names <laughs> that you would never expect to have a relationship with? Uh, how do you kind of prove to yourself or prove to them that this is something worth being a part of? It was really hard in the beginning when there was one episode online. But as things go, as you keep it going, people go see that it's real. And before you know it, everyone says yes. And then later, you're getting pitched by publicists who want you to talk to their client about the book they wrote on PR. A third of my PR library is free PR books that I got for interviewing people. So it, it just sort of happens. In the beginning, though, you just start with your friends and let them help you get it going. And then from there, you go to people you don't know. And then from there, those people you don't know are calling you. So it's kind of cool. It's fun to it's fun to do. But, you know, I was sort of an annoying journalist at one point in my life. So cold calling people and holding on to their pant leg till they say yes is naturally occurring in my in my psyche, in my DNA. I don't have a problem bothering someone till they give up and say yes. Well, I mean, that's a great trait of, of any any wing of this that's profession. Right. Right? Got to have it. That's right. You might have to do that to a reporter if you're pitching something. You got to wear them down. Don't let them go until they just cry uncle and say, I'll do whatever you want if you'll leave me alone after it's over. <laughs> uh, that's probably not a good PR lesson. I shouldn't do that. I'm a professor now. I'd, uh, take that back. Nah, it's fine. Go ahead and tell Redact. people. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up, I, I did want to ask, because this is a student audience, what, what can students be doing now as students to be preparing for a role if they if they're interested in doing something like you in the future where such a big part of your life is centered around podcasting as a career what what can we be doing now launch a podcast play around with it do it don't care uh, uh, much about the audience who cares if anyone's listening just do it practice i'll tell you the people that were in our team when we launched the flack pack in 2016 or 17 i can't remember when very few of them had ever been on a mic before and a lot of them didn't have any presentation experience. They just were not experienced yet at being on their feet. We put them on that podcast. We had banter where we would laugh and, you know, kick ideas around, talk about PR topics and things. As time went on, they all got better. So you don't even have to be a PR star 
in the podcasting world. You don't have to have a podcast bigger than Lady Gaga. You don't have to have any of that. If you do it, you're going to get something out of it. And it might just be that you're really good on your feet in front of a client in a meeting. That's good enough. It's worth trying. Give it a shot. Do it on your computer. Send it to the world and see what happens. Well, thank you so much for saying all that. I, I, yeah, I think I think that's really helpful to be thinking about now. And you, do, it's funny because there's a joke about college college students starting podcasts. Um, no, really, and, I haven't heard it. What is it? Well, it's mainly. I mean, they make fun of. Can you say they, it on the they, podcast? <laughs> they make fun of guys for. They say like they. Everyone knows a college guy who starts a podcast. Oh, and like really? I've been that college guy. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but it's good to hear. I mean. As many things are, you, you have to play around and experiment and be willing to, to try things out. And I, I think it, it, when you're putting yourself out there in something like a podcast, it's easy to have that hesitation. Uh, but it's great to hear a seasoned professional say that that is the way to go. So so thank you for those words. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we did not touch on that you would love to share about this, this wing of your career um, and, and what you do? No, I talk about myself way too much, so that is a very dangerous question to end your show with. I'll just say that it's a very exciting time, in my view, as an old guy to be a young person in this business because clients are willing to do things. The technology is changing so much that it seems to me it would be hard to get bored with the way things are supposed to be done because that's just moving so quickly. So, Embrace it all. Learn how to do as much as you can. Take chances where it's safe to do so. And don't be afraid to fail. That's the only way you learn. It's over here. <laughs> Very well said, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Robert, for your time and, and for being on here. And I'll leave the information for contacting you and connecting with you in the show notes and um, on our socials for PRSSA so that any interested students can reach out if, they, if they'd like to learn some more. But I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun, and I enjoy connecting with students. You know, they become professionals eventually, and that's even more fun to keep those conversations going. So feel free. I'll accept any and all invites, and, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Maybe I'll hire you someday. So I suppose my question for listeners after this podcast episode is... Are you ready to start your own podcast? If you're interested at all in that, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, but more importantly, Robert's leaving his information for us. So I'm dropping that in the show notes below. Reach out to Robert, connect with him on LinkedIn and ask to talk about how you might go about starting a podcast. Like he said, it's a lot of experimentation. You don't always get it right, but it's great practice. And it prepares really important aspects of you for the public relations career that you may not have expected. So connect with Robert. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next time on PR Hangover.